How's everybody doing? Fantastic. It is terrific to be back uh, once again at the Lean Startup Conference um, as a former private sector entrepreneur and as a public servant who believes passionately in the power of Lean Startup to change the world. A growing number of federal and local government change agency leaders are actually employing Lean Startup-style techniques to change how government works for the, the better. Government is, of course, obviously not a startup, but I think it's extremely helpful to think of projects and initiatives that seek to change government as startups. And in fact, I believe that lean startup techniques and approaches are, are as essential to public sector innovation success as they are to private sector innovation success. Uh, and we're now taking our innovation work along these lines uh, to a whole other level with two remarkable new lean startups within the United States government, 18F and the US Digital Service. What we'd like to do today is to introduce you to three amazing leaders of these units, uh, folks who to me represent an emerging generation of new American heroes who are changing our government and changing America for the better. So first, let me introduce you to a personal hero of mine, Hillary Hartley, an extraordinary human being who joined the US government as a presidential innovation fellow in 2013 and then couldn't leave at the end of her six months, just could not leave and with other extraordinary innovation fellows, co-founded 18F, which is one of the most exciting stories in government today. Please welcome American hero, <laughs> Hillary Hartley. I'll give you a high five. Thank you, Todd. Um, that, even that intro is, is uh, too much, and as you know, I think anybody who has worn the badge of honor of a presidential innovation fellow also considers you a personal hero, so thank you very much. Um, I'm here to tell a very quick story about 18F. As Todd said, we are essentially a lean startup inside the government. In the beginning, there was the PIF program. Uh, the Presidential Innovation Fellowship is an initiative to bring the best and the brightest from industry, from the technology world, into government for short tours of duty, uh, generally six to 12 months, to work on projects that have the impact to save lives, create jobs, generally make the economy better, and make government better. During its second year, the PIF program was operationalized inside the GSA. And there was growing discussion among folks at the White House, among folks within GSA, about how to bring folks you know, of this caliber, really, really high-quality technologists, into the government for longer than those six to 12-month periods. And in case those of you uh, are like me or like I was about 18 months ago, had no idea what the GSA is. Very quickly, it is a federal agency that employs about 20,000 people, um, and it is essentially the operations and administrative arm for the federal government. They, they, they handle things like real estate, procurement, uh, government-wide policy, and anything, you know, government-wide forms, all of those sort of government-wide things. It's a very large agency. It's a behemoth of a bureaucracy. So about one year ago, literally, uh, next week, today, there were several of us that were wrapping up our uh, fellowships. And as Todd said, we just hadn't quite had enough. Our tours of duty weren't quite over. And 18F was born. 18F is a digital consultancy inside the federal government, uh, made up of federal government employees doing business for other agencies of the US government. 
So we're federal employees working alongside innovators and other agencies like the VA, like Citizenship and Immigration Services, like the Peace Corps, that are coming to us with uh, really powerful ideas, again, that we feel have the potential to save taxpayer money, save lives, fuel job creation, generally make the government better. Uh, and just very quickly, uh, as an FYI, the, the name is actually kind of an homage to 30 Rock. Uh, in DC, the GSA headquarters are at 18th and F Street, thus the name. Over the last year, we've embarked on a mission to transform the way the US government builds and buys technology services and digital services. We're currently working with about a dozen agencies to help them deliver on their mission in a design-centric, agile, open, user-centered way. We plan to accomplish this by putting the needs of our users first, putting the taxpayer, putting the citizen, putting the resident absolutely first and always asking what is the user need, being design-centric, agile, open, data-driven, and by always shipping. As Mike Bracken of the UK's government digital service likes to say, the strategy is delivery. We co-opted it and flipped it because we didn't want to just steal it. But the point is, the important thing to do is really to just start, do something. We planned to use lean startup methodologies uh, as we got started building products. We knew that you know, we were going to, to use Agile, we were going to sort of be lean, we were talking about lean UX. But honestly, the very first thing that we used the lean methodologies on was ourselves. We had to MVP our team. We had to MVP our processes, our hiring strategy, everything to figure out how we were going to operate, the eight of us that quickly became 10, 12, 13. Um, it, you know, how we were going to operate inside this huge organization, uh, the General Services Administration. So we identified the two biggest hurdles to building the team, uh, a building a team like ours inside the federal government. That was hiring and software deployment. Building our startup inside the federal bureaucracy really started by integrating with the federal bureaucracy. Historically, hiring and software de the deployment practices inside the federal government have posed pretty significant challenges uh, to software developers. And based on our experience and based on talking to other teams and other agencies, uh, we were hearing that hiring could take as long as six to nine months from the time someone applied. Uh, and that the approval process for just even an initial software deployment, meaning I have a prototype, I have something I need to put online to get users to use, was taking as long as 6 to 14 months. As you can imagine, we needed to shrink those from, we, you know, from months to weeks. 18F is approaching hiring and software deployment in the same agile, open, user-centered way that we're approaching our projects and our products. The, the first few on this list probably sound pretty familiar. Uh, you need a stakeholder, a client, uh, a prototypical user you know, for which you can create an MVP, you can get real people using it, you can learn and iterate, et cetera. There are two more that I think are specific to trying to kind of be lean inside a very, very large organization. Uh, and we've learned that, that these two things help us get traction pretty fast. Uh, you know, the first one is, it's okay to hack your way around the rules, but you have to stay aligned with them. And as soon as something works, formalize it, memorialize it, uh, so that it can be reused, not only by your team, but by other teams. And as ever, learn and iterate and learn and iterate. 
the results have you know, been remarkable, and you have to sort of put that in context. We're talking about the government. Uh, but we were eight people, as I said, about a year ago this time. Uh, we grew to about 15 in March when we were publicly announced to the world by the GSA. And we've now grown into a team of 70 designers, developers, product designers, product managers, researchers, writers, copy editors, and you know, general technologists. We've got folks in DC, in New York, in Dayton, Ohio, Chicago, Tucson, Seattle, San Diego, and we've got a team of about 20 right here in San Francisco. Some of you got to visit us on Monday. It was such a joy to have you in our space and to get to tell you a little bit about this in a personal way and to take your questions and answers. Um, but so that's, that's 70 folks plus the class of, of presidential innovation folks, which brings us to almost 100 folks that are collaborating with federal agencies to deliver smart, cost-effective, user-centered digital services. So back to the mission and delivering on it. In order to truly transform how the government is going to buy and build digital services, we really know that we need to lead by example. We need to lead by instruction and with hands-on assistance. We believe that user-centered design can fundamentally change the government, change your experience with the government, change your interaction with government. We believe, we, th we thought when we started out that it was going to be agile. That was sort of the big thing that was on everybody's lips, especially in the wake of healthcare.gov. And we thought, you know, that's the thing, that's the thing that's going to change government. And while those methodologies and practices are absolutely vital to how we do business, we believe that is actually always coming back to asking the question, what's the user need that will eventually transform government? So we use metrics and analytics to augment our user research. We measure everything, including ourselves. We do more than just make websites. We think we enable the discovery of information. We think API first when, it's, when it makes sense. Um, we lead with data, and we try to get things uh, sort of as a functional baseline for ourselves that we can then build on top of that help our agency partners. As I mentioned, we're not capital A Agile, but Agile and Lean methodologies drive our work. We're experimenting with Lean UX. We're coding and designing in the open, thanks to GitHub. We use and build open source by default, and we're enabling and evangelizing our methods and our practices across the federal government. And that last point is actually part of the, the, the beauty of being on this team and why it is so important to get more technologists on our team is because that is the fundamental long tail, honestly, is just this evangelism that is changing the culture and the way that so many teams across the federal government do business. That was the slide I was just talking about. <laughs> um, so again, what is 18F? It is a hub. We are evangelizing processes. We are evangelizing practices. We are, again, laying those down as you know, the foundational elements for how our team does business, how we operate. But I think, first and foremost, and, and, and fundamentally, we are people. We are, we are technologists. Um, we're impact junkies, honestly, on a mission to help the federal government operate just a tiny bit better. For our partners, uh, you know, the agencies that have come to us to help solve their problems, 18F represents change. It's a new way to approach things, a new way to approach ideas, a new way to approach their problems. Um, our very first project has, has, has been out there for a while, um, but it kind of it really showcases that 
that feeling of change. And I think you'll understand what I mean when I put it on the screen. So this is a website called uh, FedBizOps. People in the know call it FBO. Um, and FBO is how you uh, search for opportunities to do business with the federal government. So if you're a business or a small business and you want to go in here and, and uh, search for agriculture, uh, you would get a list of results that might look something like this. Um, again, it's not horrible, but it's, it's not easy to skim. Uh, even when you dig in there further, you're not, you're not getting a, a great representation uh, of the actual projects that are probably applicable to you. So we took that data, we took the XML that powers it, uh, we scraped everything, we built an API and created this website. It's just a pilot, it's an experiment, but this is FB Open. See what we did there. Um, it's a pilot project at the inside of the GSA. And as you can see, we simplified things quite a bit. It's uh, an experiment based on, again, on user needs, on the need that was identified over and over again as we were talking to people to just search the FBO content and get better and more relevant results. So again, we built an API that, that powers this thing. Uh, and it's, that API is running widgets on agency pages so they can narrow down and see a constant you know, flow of, 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 uh, of opportunities that pertain to, to their agency. And when, in, in this case, when I say agency, I'm meaning sort of like a consultancy, an outside consultancy. Um, we also just recently had our first community contribution. Someone took uh, the API and built an Android app on top of it. So since we're open source, uh, he emailed us and, and said, I wanted you to see this, and we sent him a virtual cookie. <laughs> um, but you know, the results that you get are better not only because you know, we're, we're scraping the data, we're also scraping the attachments to those opportunities that you know, all of that wealth of information that are in the attachments in, in Word docs and spreadsheets that get attached to those things, those don't get scraped at FBO. So we're scraping those, bring those in, and that really adds to the, uh, the, the, you know, getting better search results. Um, I will mention, though, that if you check this page, which is our dashboard, it's at our website, 18f.gsa.gov slash dashboard. Um, if you check this page, you might notice that FB Open uh, is, I can't remember if it's grayed out or if it's even on there. But uh, I, I highlighted that site to show that that was the first thing we shipped. We were very proud of it. It very clearly demonstrates the type of change that we we're trying to do. But also, when it comes to lean, you have to be able to kill things. And with regard to FBO, right now, it doesn't have a clear stakeholder. It doesn't have anyone inside GSA championing, championing it forward. And we hope that it does in the future. But for right now, it's on ice. And again, that's part of how we have to operate. So fundamentally, I think the message for anyone wondering how to do lean, not just inside the government, but in, inside any really behemoth organization, you know, I, to me, the answer is change is possible. 18F is now fabric of the GSA. Uh, it's changing the way they do business about the way they, they think about doing business. Um, I'm literally getting hugged by strangers at events who have come up to me saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. And it's not me, it's just the team delivering awesome stuff. Um, so we couldn't have done that without the support of multiple teams inside GSA. You, you, you can't do it alone. You do have to find those stakeholders and figure out what those attachment parts you know, and pieces are and, and work with them. And, uh, and again, not to mention, sort of first and foremost, our, our, our biggest champion is the administrator of uh, the General Services Administration, Dan Tangerlini. He has not only encouraged us, but he's trusted us from the very beginning just to go start 
you know, JFDI just to start doing it. So again, change is possible. Doing lean and agile inside a behemoth is possible. Just get started. Thanks so much, Hillary. Uh, now, it's a, a tremendous pleasure to introduce you to the dynamic duo of Mikey Dickerson and Haley Van Dyke, who, like Hillary, are personal heroes to me. Uh, Mikey was a rock star Google engineer minding his own business when we drafted him to join the Healthcare League of Rescue team. Uh, after the success of that turnaround effort, I asked him to come back to the American government to serve his country. Uh, to team up with the force of nature that is Haley Van Dyke and with other amazing teammates to power a new force for good in the US government called the US Digital Service. Uh, here to tell you more uh, about the story of the US Digital Service are Mikey and Haley. Please welcome them. Thanks. I don't think, oh, you can. It's on. Okay. Great. Um, my name is Mikey. Uh, I am the administrator of something called the US Digital Service. Uh, administrator means manager. Uh, Haley is the deputy administrator or chief of staff, uh, depending on the day of the week. And uh, uh, she's, that, that means she's also uh, kind of our manager. It makes me a little nervous to have us both here in one place, honestly, so far away from, uh, from home. Uh, but that's how important it was for us to come tell you our story. Um, which we're going to try to do in, uh, in a very short time. Um, so uh, as we planned this out, we figured out that the thing that we're best at telling you is our own uh, personal experience and our own personal uh, uh, aspect of the story. So that's why we're uh, both going to tell you the parts of it uh, that we participated in firsthand. So uh, my story begins uh, October of 2013. As Todd just said, uh, I was minding my own business working uh, at Google. I was a manager of a part of site reliability engineering there. Uh, and uh, got through a complicated series of, of connections, got asked to come uh, look at this healthcare.gov thing. This part of the uh, story is very uh, cinematic. It had a mysterious phone call uh, uh, where somebody said, the president needs your help. Uh, can you, can you come? Like, I didn't, th this was, uh, uh, this was uh, uh, some guy I didn't know uh, who I looked up on Wikipedia while I was on the phone. Uh, and discovered that uh, it was Todd, who worked at the White House and uh, seemed to be legit. Uh, so uh, <laughs> it seemed like it was the real deal. Uh, and he said, we have this website, healthcare.gov. Perhaps you've heard of it. It's not working so well. Um, could you come just, you know, just for a couple days, maybe, you know, like uh, two or three days, come take a look, tell us what we should do. Um, so I did. So I took a carry-on bag um, the following Monday. I went to Washington, D.C., uh, got, got driven out to uh, uh, Herndon, Virginia, where the, um, most of the work was going on, and found that, yes, indeed, we had a website that was not working too well. Um, uh, it was the, 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 the stuff on the TV was true. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we, we found uh, uh, a lot. This can be a really long talk all by itself, just as part of the, just as part of the story. Uh, we found a lot of really bad problems. Um, the, uh, everything that, she, like, what, however bad you can imagine the situation being, it was that bad, uh, basically. Um, but uh, that part wasn't real surprising. Um, what was surprising was how much uh, a bunch of real, what, what you here would consider very common sense solutions, how much mileage we got out of those and how short a, a, a a span of time. These are things like uh, having 
a person who's responsible for tracking action items or a person who's responsible for making decisions about uh, when things are going to go into the release or not. Um, having all the different companies, there were, according to the press, I've never tried to count myself, but according to the press, there were 55 different contractors, which means 55 different companies involved in constructing healthcare.gov. Uh, they were not ever all in the same place uh, until we said that that was a thing that we should probably try. Uh, and uh, we created uh, what became a twice-a-day stand-up meeting uh, and, uh, and got everybody into that one place. Uh, so that you could, uh, even if we couldn't, even if it, even if there were processes that took longer and involved more people than you wanted them to, at least they were all in one place. You didn't have to wait for round trips uh, to whole other cities to get the information that you needed. Um, so this part of the story, like I said, has been covered uh, pretty extensively, so I'm not going to talk about it a ton. Um, this, uh, that, that few days, of course, uh, uh, having done the assessment and looked around, um, that turned into a few weeks to maybe just help us get things uh, you know, on the right foot, and then you can go back to California. Uh, that turned into uh, a couple of months. That turned into three or four months. Uh, I finally went home in, uh, in January, and we didn't know it at the time. We didn't have final numbers until the end of the open enrollment period, obviously, anymore than anybody else did. Uh, but uh, the way that actually turned out uh, was millions and millions of people uh, got enrolled, uh, starting from a point when we were afraid that we were going to have to can the whole thing and try again next year, uh, which would have been disastrous uh, for the public policy, if you care about that sort of thing, would have been disastrous for the public policy. Uh, we averted that outcome, um, got millions of people enrolled who now depend on, uh, who now have uh, access to healthcare in many cases for the first time uh, through the Affordable Care Act, uh, my life just continued to get weirder and weirder, and in fact continues to get weirder and weirder every day. Uh, they uh, um, had me come and take my picture in Jay Carney's office, and, that put a, and then that turned out to be on the cover of Time magazine. Uh, and, and for what? For like having a startup, start, sorry, having a stand-up meeting and like having people in the same place to like organize the, the work. Um, like, what did we do that was so amazing? Uh, I, I'm not sure, uh, but it had a really disproportionate impact. Uh, so I went back to home, uh, went back to Mountain View, um, slept a lot for a few weeks, uh, went back to my job, which they had been kind enough to give me a leave of absence so I could still go back to it, uh, and uh, found that it was now really really hard to care about the stuff that had seemed so important three or four months ago. Um, we're talking about, uh, we're doing our internal budget planning, we're talking about uh, allocating new hires coming in, all of the routine stuff that like, had seemed like kept me real busy a little while ago, it was real hard to get real excited about. So that's where I leave off the work, uh, in January, uh, and the work continues, uh, unbeknownst to me, in Washington, D.C., which is the part that Haley's going to tell you about right now. So meanwhile, back in Washington, after Mikey went back to Mountain View, the brilliant minds of Todd Park and many others were uh, still, still turning and still grappling with the really, really challenging, uh, frustrating reality that healthcare.gov, unfortunately, was not the only IT project in the federal government that was over budget and behind schedule. And we had this big... Yeah, there, there, there was at least like surprise. two or three of them. <laughs> Just a couple more. Just a couple more. Uh, but as the saying goes, a, a good crisis is a horrible opportunity to waste. Uh, and we had what was actually a very uh, incredible gift in healthcare.gov, 
which was that it gave us an MVP. It gave us the first, uh, a tangible, a real example of what it took to turn around an IT project in months, not years, with a little bit of money, not millions, uh, and, and we had a real opportunity to turn that into something to deliver uh, lasting change in government. Um, and it also provided leadership uh, across government with some very important validated learning. Uh, the first and foremost is what happens when you do not put user needs front and center of every single thing that you do. Uh, we, we learned that loud and clear that uh, that was one of the, the big things that we needed to course correct and, and, and deliver against. It also taught us, as Mikey pointed out, that in today's world, you can no longer separate policy from technology implementation. Even the best of the policy ideas, even the best ideas on the planet right now cannot get implemented in government without having a well-thought-through technology implementation strategy. This is a new world for government, and our structure today is not or had not been set up to deal with that very, very well. It also reminded us that waterfall is not only not a great way of delivering software products, but it's also not a great way of delivering ideas, uh, or policy for that matter, and we needed to rethink that. But most importantly of all, what it gave us was a very, very tangible, real understanding of the problem at hand and a fierce sense of urgency to fix it. Uh, to fix it not only today, but yesterday. Um, and, and figure out how we could actually turn this momentum into something that would deliver lasting change across government. Uh, it turned out that our large organization, the federal government, was ready for a pivot. And that was how the United States Digital Service was born. We decided to, decided to create a startup of our own. Um, the goal of the United States Digital Service was to build, absolutely fundamentally change the way that we build and buy technology for our government. Um, to provide the most simple, easy to use digital services for the American people that deserve nothing less. And our theory of change hinges on two kind of big uh, core assumptions here. One is that we need the best people possible uh, to come and help us with this effort. If we could recreate the talent that we managed to get for the tech search team, uh, just maybe, maybe we could actually scale this uh, across the rest of government, deploy a tech search to fix uh, the entire operation. Uh, the second thing is that we really needed to focus, just like healthcare.gov uh, had a mission critical uh, goal of providing healthcare and, and improving the lives of millions of Americans, we need to fo focus on mission criticality, on the most important services that the government had to offer. But what we needed first was a leader, someone <laughs> who is deeply technical, uh, maybe just cynical enough to survive in government, and possibly crazy enough to say yes to this ridiculous idea. Uh, but fortunately, we also had the most compelling, uh, convincing man on the entire planet who had uh, Mikey Dickerson in his crosshairs. Uh, and that's where we uh, pass it back to Mikey. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there I was in California minding my own business. Uh, it was now approximately May of last year, uh, and I had just been doing stuff such as, I distinctly remember this, I had just had a prolonged argument with another middle manager of the same tier as myself uh, at, at the company I worked at, um, uh, which had gone on for weeks uh, about whether to use a certain type of spreadsheet to track an internal compliance process that I was responsible for, or to use the bug system to track the type of uh, to track that internal process that I was responsible for. So I was having this argument and losing, uh, and going home, uh, and and super frustrated about the fact that uh, um, that who that 
nobody who isn't one of the 10 people who actually have to use that spreadsheet could care less uh, about what these things are. This is what I was spending my time on. It was very hard to take after what I had just come from. And this was the state in which Todd found me, of course, uh, and uh, started to talk about this thing that we were going to create called US Digital Service. Uh, it was going to be great. It was going to be all singing. It was going to be all dancing. It was going to be totally worth it. Um, now, it's deeply skeptical. Um, I mean, there's obvious reasons why this was a questionable life decision. Uh, I, left <laughs> I, I, left, uh, I left a lot of money behind uh, at, at my old job. Uh, I had to move to Washington, D.C. I don't have any, well, now I do. At the time, I didn't have any friends in Washington, D.C., uh, except for, like, Todd, uh, who's on the stage here. And he, and I knew this, was on his way back to uh, California pretty soon. Uh, he'd, he was on year five of his 18-month plan uh, <laughs> to work in the government. Uh, that's a fact. Uh, Haley, I had met Haley a couple times by then, not a ton, uh, but uh, I knew she was also on year four of her 18-month plan, uh, and she was planning to go back. So I was like, There's none of you people who are telling me to do this are even going to be there. This doesn't sound like a great plan. Uh, but uh, uh, really, when you got really serious, like all that stuff I could deal with, uh, especially since it's, you know, it's not going to be forever. I'm going to be there for a couple of years as an appointee. Um, all that stuff I could deal with, what was really important was trying to work out um, what, I actually, what we actually spent the months haggling over, and there was a long, like, several-month process with a lot of, we went to several nights where we there after Shake Shack closed in Washington, D.C. Um, and it was about really two things, which were, uh, one, are the agencies really, why would anybody take us seriously? Like, what muscle do we have to make sure that anybody cares what our opinions are? Like, this thing worked on healthcare.gov that one time, but that was really extreme circumstances that may never be in the altogether again. I don't know. Uh, it's not every day that your website has been on the, you know, running in heavy rotation on CNN for six weeks because it's down all the time. Uh, that, that hasn't happened before or since. So, like, would anybody pay attention to us? That was a big concern I had. Uh, and the other one was, if I say yes to this job, the next day it is going to be my job to find a whole bunch more people to come and do this. I have to make exactly this argument, so this argument had better be pretty bulletproof uh, that, that Todd was making. Uh, so I kind of uh, tested that for a while. Finally agreed in July to leave Google, uh, went out, started August 11th uh, at the White House. Uh, which is uh, another really long talk all by itself, if we wanted to talk about that. Um, but uh, since we only got a couple minutes, um, it's, been a, it's, been a, it's been a crazy experience. I'm sure you can guess that. Uh, and I'm sure that if you were guessing what would be crazy about going to work at the White House, you'd get a few things right, a few things wrong, just like I did. Um, the things I was worried about were not, the, were, they, were not, they, were not a, they were not a thing. Um, there was no problem uh, getting people interested in hearing our advice and in, and in, and in uh, getting us to help with their projects. Uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't difficult at all. I have, to this day, never had to ask more than once for me or some member of our staff to be included in the policy-making process at any point, because that was a big point that we took away from healthcare.gov that we hammered a lot, was a lot of the bad problems that you have here, the foundation for them was laid when the law was passed in 2010. Uh, like, a lot of things were overspecified, the contracts were overspecified, there's a lot of stuff here that was guaranteed to go poorly uh, from the very start. So we are part of the policy-making process, that's, that's happened. Um, I'm clearly going to go over, but I'm watching the other clock, it's okay. <laughs> we, we have until 7.50. Um, uh, but, uh, um, 
That's the wrong time zone. Don't worry about it. Uh, a, <laughs> where the, the minutes are right. I was checking that on my phone before we started talking. Um, so uh, uh, anyway, um, that wasn't the thing to worry about. Uh, access is not a problem. Demand is not a problem. Um, we have. Uh, uh, we have what a, the problem that a lot of people have when they work at the White House, which is not, surprisingly, it's not that you're frustrated by not being able to get things done. That doesn't keep you awake at night. Of course, there's some things you can't get done. We don't have a magic wand. Uh, but that isn't what keeps you awake at night. Uh, what keeps you awake at night is the huge universe of things that you can get done, and you don't have enough hours to do them all. So you have to choose. Uh, so here's, so I wrote this part down so I wouldn't mess it up. Um, this, this is, we talked about this just the other day, we had a little rehearsal, and like, in the 48 hours before that rehearsal happened, these are all things that, that came to us. These are all projects that fell on our lap because we had done a little presentation to a bunch of deputy secretaries on Friday the day before. There was a bunch of follow-ups from that. They've asked us to do all of these things in just this two-day span. Uh, there is... Um, something called the VBMS, which is the Veterans Benefits Management System. Uh, it is the single piece of software more than any other that's responsible for the fact that it takes us too long to process, to process disability claims for benefits. And I love doing this talk in San Francisco because I will point out that if you go to the front door over there and look out across the street, odds are you will see at least one homeless disabled uh, veteran. Uh, some of the people who say they are disabled veterans are telling the truth. Um, uh, Electronic medical records is a thing that, is, uh, that, that we've been needing to get done both in the private sector and in the government for a long time. Uh, there's a, the, the potential wins there are enormous. Um, student loans. Uh, a huge, the, maybe you didn't know this, I certainly didn't know this until they explained it to me. In 2010, the federal government started becoming the issuer of student loans, becoming the originator. Uh, it's not like it used to be it's a, where it was a private system. Uh, the federal government has loaned out a trillion dollars uh, in student loans, making it the largest lender, I think, I can't prove this because I don't know where to look this up, uh, I, but I think it's, that makes it the biggest lender ever in history. Um, oh, oh, I, I heard Bing, my favorite search engine. Yes. Uh, I should try that. Uh, but, uh, yes. Um, so a trillion dollars in outstanding debt. Uh, a huge number of people, cost of education keeps going up, you already know this. Um, people go, this causes a huge number of bankruptcies. If you declare bankruptcy when you're 25 years old, it has long-lasting effects on your life. It's not good. And we have income-based repayment programs available that would stop this from happening a huge amount of the time, but people don't get funneled into them because nobody has any incentive to tell them about it. Uh, so there's a huge amount of avoidable suffering happening there. Uh, Recreation.gov controls reservations to our national parks. Uh, that may be a thing that you, uh, you probably have interacted with it if you've ever gone camping in Yosemite or anything. Um, immigration uh, does all paper-based processes. Uh, that could be made faster. Uh, faster means cheaper because immigration is fee reimbursed, which means uh, that the cost of processing your application as a possible permanent resident is a thing that you pay yourself. Uh, so that would obviously have very direct benefits to the target audience there if that was made faster and cheaper. Um, FBI is supposed to be collecting crime statistics, and they're having a hard time getting that system deployed and integrated because it has to collect data from all of the local law enforcement. Crime statistics here might be things like, I don't know how many people have been killed by police uh, in the United States. Like, that's the thing that we should really be able to answer, uh, and you can see the implications of that for yourself, too. Um, 
One last one, uh, the federal pensions uh, are processed in something that they call the sinkhole of bureaucracy, according to the uh, uh, Washington Post article. It's literally a limestone mine in Boyers, Pennsylvania. It's another, uh, pe it's another paper-based process. So, um, and that's just the stuff that's like uh, on the, on the over, that's just the stuff that's above the fold that they've asked us to do directly. Uh, working at the White House means that I, we have a couple of little 20% style projects. This is a thing Google does. You probably have heard of it, uh, where people work on stuff in their, you know, nominally their 20% time, which in our case is like your 250% time. But uh, it's a discretionary project. Um, somebody who works for us, uh, her little side project is bringing together all the law enforcement agencies in the United States uh, to put real resources on the problem of human trafficking. Uh, there's some amazing technology which DARPA has built, of all places, uh, which is really good at this analysis, uh, and uh, uh, just needs a customer and needs people to get interested. And that is a thing that you can make happen very easily uh, if you work in the White House. Uh, my little 20% project that I've spent an hour on here or there is net neutrality. Uh, and uh, like literally a couple hours and a couple of weeks. Uh, and like the leverage that you have relative to where I was working in the private sector before is just, it's not even comparable. So that's what we are doing. Um, that's, and we have, we're in the growth phase right now where every mountain we climb to the top of, we can see three more. Uh, we were amazingly, we were, I don't think any of us was really expecting this. Amazingly last night, the omnibus, here's gonna get, Hold on to your butts, this gets real exciting here. Uh, the <laughs> House of Representatives and the Senate filed a omnibus spending bill uh, for, uh, for, uh, yeah, um, for 2015, and uh, they funded the US Digital Service uh, with all of the money that we asked for. Uh, so all we are missing now, yeah. That was, a, that was a huge deal, because uh, that means that not just the president, who we're, you know, we're on good terms with, but the Republican-controlled Congress as well finds this interesting. Uh, so uh, that's a huge deal. So we're at the point now where all we are missing are the people to execute it, and that's why we're here to talk to you. So thanks for listening. Uh, Todd may say a couple words, and that's it. Thank you. Uh, so as you can hopefully see, 18F and the US Digital Service are a double helix of awesomeness for America, as I like to think about. They are lean startups applying the power of lean startup for the benefit of the American people. And for them to be as successful as America needs them to be, we need your help. The United States of America is here tonight to ask for your help. We're looking for a few good women and men to come serve our country, alongside Hillary, Haley, and Mikey. We're specifically looking for the best people on Earth. <laughs> okay? People with brains the size of Jupiter, very importantly, hearts are even bigger, and who love our country with wild abandon. We're looking for you to come serve with us for a tour of duty, not the rest of your lives, just a tour, several months to a few years to come save America. And in the spirit of there's no time like the present, I know we're out of time, but we are going to move to the Venetian room, as I understand it? Yeah, yeah, I think so. And we're going to camp out. I know there's other stuff to get to, but we'd at least like to, if you're interested in learning more, asking us questions, seeing how you might be able to get involved, we'd like to shake your hand, say hello, get your contact info, and set up time to talk with you further. We also back uh, at 10.35 a.m., very precise time, in the fountain room, I believe, uh, tomorrow, 
if we somehow miss you tonight. But if this is even remotely, slightly interesting to you, if the spark of patriotism is actually potentially sparking in here, right? To fan the flames of that, come check us out at the Venetian Room. And even if you just want to learn about, well, how the heck do you start disruption inside a big organization, right? And want to learn more about how 18F and USCS have done that, come check us out. Thanks so much. God bless you. May the force continue to be with you and lean startup. And God bless the United States of America. Thanks so much. Go, Todd. All right. <laughs> Thanks. That was awesome. Thank you so much. Did I tell you or what? Thank you. You too. Mikey. Oh, thanks. Awesome. Thanks so the next time someone thanks. claims to you that uh, your organization is too bureaucratic or political to adopt Lean Startup, <laughs> you can be like, well, yeah, you know, compared to the federal government, I'm sure. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm not sure that that's true, actually. So uh, thank you guys both. Oh, they're uh, gone. Uh, do check them out in the Venetian. And in particular, if you need anecdotes to use uh, with your boss, with a partner, with a manager, with a you know, coworker, like, these are the best stories you can have because nobody wants to be unfavorably compared to the federal government. <laughs> and I use it all the time, so it's a trick I get a lot of value out of. I hope, uh, I hope you will too. Yeah, please do go talk to them. They're really genuine about wanting to talk to everybody, um, even with the littlest spark of patriotism, as Todd <laughs> said, um, or to share more stories. Um, all right, so we are about wrapped up for today. Um, just a couple of quick reminders. We start in the morning back here at 9. And there's the guided meditation tomorrow at 8.30 if you'd like to join Stacy. Um, do check your email from us. Um, we are going to keep an eye on the storm. And in case anything changes tonight that might uh, affect the schedule for us tomorrow at all, we'll put that in our email tonight. So keep an eye on that. Um, and head on out. And we look forward to seeing you all tomorrow. Thank you so much for a great day. Thank you so much for, so much for being here. Day. See you tomorrow. Thank you.